Welcome to Opinions Like A-Holes, everybody, your favorite pop culture podcast where we have opinions and most of them stink. My name is Michael Zampino. With me, as always, is Hilton Price. Holding on for one more day after the Hold 90s. For one more day. We closed that shit out with uh, the uh, sirens Wilson and Phillips last night at that Wilson's 90s party. Phillips. Wilson's plural and Phillips solo. Was that right or was uh, it the other way around? It was. It was the lone China Phillips and That's the right. two Wilson sisters, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Um, um, Carly and Janet. I have no idea. I think. Now I got. Car- Carly I'm, might be one of them. It might be. I, I Carly Wilson and China Phillips and the other Wilson <laughs> sister. Uh, anyway, uh, that '90s party uh, brought to us by uh, the Oakle Kids, uh, Lynn and Robbo. And, and you uh, don't know how close you are. Was it like you, was it Charlie? It's Charlie because it's Charlie Wilson's war. No, that's why. You Charlie Wilson, literally Wilson one Phillips, letter off. Harley, Harley Wilson. No, no, no. Barley. It's Bar- in the Hop- middle. Hops and Barley Wilson. They are the beer sisters. It's not the. It's the L that's wrong. Cartley, Car- Cartley Wilson. One letter away. Carlin Wilson. What's one letter away from L? Wait, two letters. Ha- excuse me. Hacken Wilson. It's Carney. She's named after Carnival Parkers. <laughs> She's a Carnival. Carnival Folk Wilson. Carney and Wendy. Carnival Folk Wilson and Circus Performer Wilson of the famous Wilson family. Daughters of uh, Brian Wilson from da- the Beach Boys. The daughters of um, uh, Works Hard for His Money Wilson. Can't believe his kids are in the arts, Wilson. Work hard for the money. money. Uh, you know who works hard for the money is our guest. Does I, he? I have no idea. I <laughs> I've talked to a few of his employers, and they say not so much. They don't know. Dan Fritchie's here. What's up, Welcome back. People. Welcome back, buddy. Go ahead and lift that mic up a little bit there. Mm. There we go. Get a little bit there. Hear all the dulcet tones. Oh, I, yeah. Do your employers uh, give you good remarks? I'm your an independent ethics? contractor. That's what I'm talking about. Nobody can tell me I, whether I, I, I ha- work I have no you know, references on my resume. No one to answer yeah. to. Uh, it, it doesn't get you it hired. It also a lot. means I'm broke. <laughs> yeah, that's usually kind of the case. We, huh? are, we are all for hire, listeners. If you didn't know that, um, absolutely, uh, we are mostly for comedy. Sometimes for odd jobs. Really, really, whatever the money's money's good for. Work hard for the money. I do. I do. I work hard for it, honey. I <laughs> uh, got to share some stage time with Dan recently as we were both finalists at the uh, funniest person in Tulsa competition at the Looney Bin. The world's right. longest comedy contest. 400 comics took the stage in the finals. Uh, it was a yeah. seven I hour did, event. Everybody brought their A game, though. I was I was very impressed. It was such a good night. Yeah. And it was such a fun night. Uh, it, it very much to me felt kind of. It harkened back to early days doing comedy at the Looney Bin, where you it was just very much the center of the kind of cultural scene for a minute. Yeah, and it felt like that over that two day period where we were seeing, you know, you and I who are, have been doing comedy a, a, too long to even mention some of the kids who've been doing it a, a year. Hell, our winner, Cepeda we're, Cheeks. We're the village elders. We are. The we, we're the elder statesmen uh, who were we should never be called statesmen of comedy. Elderly statesman. I'm okay with it. Are you? Yeah. I don't. Statesman to me suggests that I know a thing or two, and I I don't. Uh, mm. Yeah, I also don't. Get really, a couple of drinks in me. I find out I know more than. I, I don't want anybody to think I work for the state. <laughs> there you go. There you go. That that's too close a government contract for you. Well, there's Goddamn no right. there's no commune man. Yeah. Commune man. There's you no know. like city man. Well, citiesman. You're 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 the elder citiesman of comedy. I'm, I'm yeah. the elder man's man. The old uh, are you the elder? <laughs> no, man's I'm man? definitely not a man's man. My wife mows the lawn. We should talk. Well, there, <laughs> were, there were a few comics on the show where it's like I I I I, I could tell they, they were new. They were still 
fairly new to comedy, but just being a part of that, it's something and it clicked. So they're, I, I think they're going to be, it's it's going to light a fire under a lot of people's oh, asses. There was one or two uh, of the very new folks who were on that lineup who I noticed their semifinal set was good, but their final set was strong. Yeah. And I was like, wow. You, you could even see the evolution, maybe this is exactly what you're saying, over that 24-hour period. It was very mm-hmm. cool to see. Yeah. Um, and, and, and Cepeda did a hell of a job, absolutely earned the win. Yeah. Uh, but there were so many standouts that night. Uh, you had a hell of a set. Trevor Carrion had a hell of a set. Katie Style had a hell of mm-hmm. a set. It was just that kind of night where, you know, I... I I, I have never felt like I was truly a competitor in those kind of competitions. Yeah. But even I walked off that stage going, man, this really feels like anybody's game tonight. And it was well, a lot of fun. And it was it was it was good to see them these comics taking themselves seriously for once. And mm-hmm. that's a, that's a, that's a problem I, I find with a lot of like comedy shows like this that that they uh, uh, there are people who are in it to win it, and then people are just like. Meh. Yeah. I'll get up there. I'll I'll do a good set. And uh, I I felt that a lot of comics actually had a plan. Like they actually planned out their set with a good opener, a good closer, maintaining the energy throughout. They actually worked on the the formula. Yeah. Um. And instead of just go like, oh, I got four minutes. I could tell. Uh, th- I could just t- I, just let me know when you need me to get off stage. Like, no, mm-hmm. you have to have a plan. I'll tell you, we. I love it when stage. a plan comes together. Yeah, there was three comics who were. I, I, I would file under chaos. Uh, one in each of the the, the large semifinal rounds. Um, mm-hmm. There was I, a, oh a set that that's how you describe it. Yeah. Oh, okay. The first night, uh, and I won't drop names on any of them, but the first night we had uh, a comic swinging a dildo around on stage. Uh, to accentuate their points. And I've been in comedy long enough to just whenever something like that happens, I'm just go like not gonna say anything. I'm just gonna tap out like a blackjack dealer. Right. And yeah. Just, this is my this is my cue to go have a smoke. Go go hit the bar. Yeah. Go get, step out of the showroom. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm, I, I mean, I'm not. I'm no expert, but uh, if you have to resort to shaking a dildo at the crowd, <clears throat> maybe the jokes aren't that good. Well, yeah. and I'll tell you, as the person, at uh, least carrot top glues something to the dildo. Yeah. yeah, it's like a dildo it, and it, something. Yeah. It, it is arts and crafts involving a dildo. Yeah, yeah. He's 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 taking the dildo and making something new. Well, yeah. and and for you know, with my work with burlesque, with the nude art show here in Tulsa, I've probably handed out more adult toys than any MC in Tulsa. Yeah, I, but you're not using them. But to I get don't a cheap do laugh. them. I know I 100% at those shows, well, sorry, I do no, no. use them to get cheap laughs. That's I'm why sorry. I use them. But you're at not, comedy shows... You're not using I that have, in lieu of having I have jokes. never held one of these items on stage at the Looney Bin. I've, because the Looney Bin is the place to do comedy, stand-up comedy. I'm, I'm still just blown away by the fact that she wasn't wearing anything with pockets yeah. that night. And she, just, she was wearing a fairly tight dress. Yeah. And just... Whipped out a dildo out of seemingly thin air. I hope it's thin air. A lot of people I are really now sewing. Because there is one pocket she could have used. Well, I don't know if you know this. The a lot of people pocket. sew a pocket on the inside of dresses now. It's the person, okay. person no, pocket. No, I'm actually lying. Well, you got to have your, uh, your they, uh, they don't have pockets, but there is a dildo strap inside a lot of the dresses. Strap on? No, it, it just holds it in there, you know. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, the weirdest fucking conversation. Hey, man. 
I didn't start this shit. <laughs> Much like uh, episodes of Hot Ones, we should uh, remind viewers, our listeners, that we record this early in the morning. Uh, so, That's true. So this is the this is the first conversation of the day for many of us. Yeah. Hence my tanker of coffee right now. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I guess most people aren't talking about uh, the putting gluing something to a dildo gluing dildos. 10 a.m yeah 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 but we you know here at we're OLA, breaking new ground this is not 10 a.m talk everybody it is at this house <laughs> that's right it yeah. is um and, and like you've got that sign outside in this house we believe science is real yep. black lives matter the election was not stolen and we talk about sex at breakfast <laughs> things should be glued to dildos yes <laughs> you got to put a hat on before it can be a hat on a hat right She's just shaking oh, a, a dildo. That's not even a hat. You should get that embroidered on a, on a pillow. <laughs> yeah, that's really. But you got to put on a hat before it can be a hat on a hat. <laughs> yeah, that, that it's it, it's live laugh. You got to put on a hat before you put a hat. Live on a laugh. Hat. Put on a hat. Yeah. <laughs> Never moon a werewolf. That's yeah. what I want to get put on embroidered. A hat. And don't lie about cancer, as we heard uh, watching trailers. As yeah, well. we were very surprised by this trailer in more ways than one. Yeah, this was a surprising trailer. Sick Girl coming out this year, starring Nina Dobrev, uh, Brandon Michael Smith, and others. Cherry Cola, which I adore that name yeah. because I love Cherry Coke. Do you really? Oh, yes, I do. I didn't know that I knew that. We're, re- we're reaching a point with movies where I just, I, I I don't recognize any of these freaking names. Yeah. And these are apparently. Nina like, Dobrev is a name. Where have I seen her before? She's been in some stuff. Well, and they've all been in stuff, but you just, we've all gotten busier. You know, that's the thing is we. I oh, I'm not out of touch. I'm just busy. Okay. Yeah. Well, well maybe <laughs> that's bo- the excuse we're using. Maybe both, but uh, definitely the I one. know I've seen her. She before. was in Let's Be Cops. She's in uh, The Return of Xander. Triple X. Vampire Diaries. Apparently. Uh, the Outlaws, the new Netflix movie with Adam Devine. Okay. Okay. Which was actually pretty good. Yeah. I watched that. All right, so I've seen none of those movies, but I don't know. Let's Be Cops was pretty fun. Not good, but pretty fun. All right. I um, But I, I thought it was a, a neat-looking... It looked like a fun movie. It had very much a kind of um, bridesmaids kind of energy. Uh-huh. Uh huh. But then a weird plot about a girl, a, a young woman who uh, her childhood friends and her are no longer hanging out as frequently. Something we all know as we get yeah. older. Uh, life's change. Um, and so she comes up with a plan to kind of get them to hang out with her more often in pretending she has been diagnosed with a terminal disease, a terminal form of cancer. Which let's just get right out of the gate and say. Don't do that. Don't do that. Don't, Don't do that. Yeah. Don't do that ever. Yeah. Um. For any reason. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ever. Yeah. Yeah. For whatever try, reason. Try, try, try to keep Michael your Scott lies <laughs> just short of your friend setting up a GoFundMe. Yes. You know, yeah. yeah. Just just short of actual fraud. Yeah. 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 <laughs> well, and and sure enough, uh, the lie immediately begins to snowball to the point of where she even is. Um, uh, she's uh, befriends someone who has cancer, who's kind of showing her just how awful this is, mm-hmm. and then she's attempting to get out of the lie, and it seems like she can't even make that happen. So, which good you shouldn't it's, be able to just get out of having a, it's done an that entire to genre. It's an entire genre of movies of good person has to do really horrible things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's just I, I, I really want somebody to do a movie that is more in the vein of like. It's always sunny in Philadelphia, where 
They're just horrible They're people. They're just bad. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but well, no redeeming qualities, but yeah. it's just like, how do I get myself no, out of this? Yeah, I'm really no a point, good person. It's at like, no point do no. they realize they shouldn't have lied about having cancer. If you're going to have a villain arc, have a villain. For sure. Uh, you know I, 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 you know what I saw the other day, which was a, a classic 80s film that had a, a the trope of the terrible person becoming decent by the end of the film? Scrooge. Rain Man. Oh, was it oh, Rain good Man? Point. He I was pretty it. shitty in the oh, beginning. Huh? Tom Cruise I'm just is the fucking worst in the yeah. first half of that movie. I was joking about Dustin Hoffman being the bad one. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I mean, I mean, you know, mistakes are made. But, sure. Uh, but no, I saw it the 35th anniversary of Rain Man is uh-huh. this year. They showed it at the Warren Theater. 35. Jesus. We are very old. I've talked we before sure about how the Warren Theater does uh, reshowings of classic films. I've seen other classic movies, other animated movies there. And um, went to see Rain Man, my first time seeing it. It holds up, first off. For a movie about uh, uh, mental health and the mentally challenged, uh, it is. There were many times this film could have gone wildly off the rails by today's standards, and it did a shockingly good job, uh, not only in mostly how um, non-impacted people handled uh, these mental challenges, but Hoffman's performance. Ah. Well, and also, uh, some credit is due to... um uh, Barry Levinson, one hundred percent. Oh, um, for the writer, yeah, uh, for the director. director. Oh, did yeah. he write it as well? No, uh, the writer, uh, writer, and, and screenplay writer were two different. Names. Oh, yeah. oh, got it. But Barry Levinson, I mean, that guy. I I don't think I've seen a single movie of his uh, that I didn't enjoy. Really, like one of my favorite movies, and it's like it's it's always in my Christmas movie rotation is Toys. Okay. Like really? that is like his with Robin Williams. With Robin, I freaking love that movie. Wow, really? I've never actually that, seen that one. I was so. Here's the thing: when you said you like a, like every Barry Levinson movie, I immediately pull, went to pull up his list because I'm like, I know that there's, there's a couple a... stinkers, and the one I was thinking of in particular is Toys. Toys it's is just, a it's a quirky little just. I just freaking love it. I'm sure. No, no, no. And that's okay because I have a lot of movies like that that I love too, but that are objectively bad. But Toys is a bad movie. <laughs> Toys mm. is. No. The soundtrack is freaking awesome. I, I will say, okay. Toys felt to me like a fever dream. Yeah. It's oh, well, that was the. I think that was the whole point. I, <laughs> he also did Disclosure. Oh, wow. Uh, Which he wasn't did Bugsy. Bad. It wasn't bad. Was that with Michael Douglas and uh, Demi Moore? Demi yeah. Moore. Yeah. Where they tried to. He did the, uh, the Sleepers. Reality. Sleepers is yep. good. When I was a kid, I liked that movie. Wag the Dog. Uh, Envy. Sphere. I fucking I love Envy. I remember Sphere. Um, good Morning Vietnam. Yep. Uh, yep. He also did Diner. The Diner Natural. Was, the, the Natural is an amazing movie. Mm-hmm. Looks like Young Diner Sherlock Natural Holmes. was first, too. Young Sherlock Holmes, first film to ever have uh, uh, CGI special effects. What? Really? Yep. Wow, that's The cool. stained glass uh, night that he fights at uh, the end is... Uh, First computer-generated special effects. Hmm. Well, that's very cool. I've never seen that. It's not bad. It's not bad. I love when you Google something and it's like, people also ask, and one of them is, what is Barry Levinson famous for? <laughs> well, there's a, there's certain directors that just no matter... I mean, even if I, I... Even if the movie wasn't great, it was still pretty good. They they seem to elevate the the movie just a little bit just by, by being involved. Yeah. I put that with Barry Levinson, 
God, it's too early for me to think of other examples. Well, and, and, and I, I got to say, <laughs> I was so impressed with uh, Hoffman's performance because it was very reverent and respectful uh, <laughs> uh, to people that, 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 that naturally suffer with conditions like this. The only area... Um, that I really felt like they kind of missed the mark was was and, and to be expected was that there was one line where the doctor refers to Raymond uh, Hoffman's character as high functioning autism, uh-huh. and I'm like he that is high not high functioning yeah. autism, and that's just simply because back then that they had no idea, right. you know, they were still so. Uh, ignorant and in the weeds about this, that that it was it was just simply an issue well, of, of for them. Of it was probably like, well, he's verbal, so he's high functioning. You know what I mean? It well, was it was yeah. it, it, the the levels were probably that thin back then. Well, they probably between... hadn't identified how many people were 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 uh, productive members of society, seemingly quote unquote normal, right? But actually suffering from autism. And I'll tell you, there's a very subtle thing, and I don't even know if it was on purpose. But there are multiple times where Tom Cruise's character, Charlie, uh, repeats himself in a manner that is so similar to Raymond's pattern of, you know, the Wapner's on at seven. Got to watch Wapner at seven. You know, uh-huh. that that kind of like pattern of speech that he gets into. That's, I, I think there's an attempt to very subtly suggest that Cruise may have similar attributes. I don't know if that was legitimately planned, but as someone who was kind of looking for it, I 100% saw it. I think I think Rayman is is in its in place in its own genre of movies that um, it it's weird to watch it without thinking of every stinking parody that has been made of it. Like you know, like it's hard to watch Dustin Hoffman in that movie without thinking of every hack comedian who just did. You know, definitely not my underwear. Definitely not my exactly. Video. Yeah, you know it. it, it, you know, it, it it took- it's, it's like listening to Bob Dylan without thinking of everybody's horrible Bob. <laughs> Which, by the way, sorry, sorry, comedians, your Bob Dylan impression, it's Randy Newman. <laughs> it is Randy it's Newman. Not, you're, not doing, you're not doing Dylan. You're doing Randy Newman. Mm-hmm. Wait, was, was Newman trying to do Dylan the whole time and that's why he sounds so silly? No, he just sounds like that. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Oh my gosh! The you other day, uh, me. you know what's funny? That uh, he came up the other day on uh, on something, and I, I don't remember what podcast it was, but the song "Short People," and yeah. you know somebody was like, "What the fuck up was up with that song?" And uh, somebody very succinctly was like, um, basically like. Well, it's a satirical look at just bigotry in general and how how ridiculous it would be to be bigoted against somebody for simply being short as that's something that they have zero control over. Which and it was one of those things where I was just like... Is every Randy Newman song. Yeah, it's like, it's I, like I, it, I knew that about it, but hearing the, it said that way was very much like... Like, oh. I, I love L.A. is about mm-hmm. actually how much he hates L.A. Yeah. it was It's, it's satire. You got a friend in me? It's about the Ar- Armenian genocide. You know, just like it's really. <laughs> you know what's really cut, funny? You, know, you really have to dig deep, man. You got to read the lyrics, yeah, really. Like, you want a really uh, good example of not getting the joke is when you make I Loathe LA. Right? Yeah. Didn't yeah. Dennis Leary do I Loathe LA as a response to I Love LA? I don't, I don't think I heard about that. I, isn't that a thing? I, uh, I don't know. I'm Team I Bill don't... Hicks. I, <laughs> Did they have beef? Oh, the, oh yeah. D- Dennis Leary hacked Bill Hicks' uh, uh, Jim Fix joke and it, and recorded on um, 
no cure for cancer. Oh, okay, and, it's not yeah. it's not Dennis Leary. It's Jarrett Carlin. Carlin. Okay. So yeah, talk about not getting the joke. It's like I need to make a parody of this song that's essentially satire. Now, but I do have to wonder though too because you know that a certain amount of the audience doesn't get the joke. 100%. Yeah. So maybe even if Jarrett Carlin got the joke, maybe he was just like, you know what? I could still make money off the idiots if I just do an I loathe yeah. LA version. For sure. You know, it's it's we're at the point now where you could just say it both ways and 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 Newman should have recorded both, frankly, if he was smart. Yeah, just yeah, take but he's that not the kind. Right of he's not sales. the kind of guy to spoon feed it. Is go like, all right, here's the real joke. You yeah, yeah. Well, he simpletons. should. He should create an alternate personality like Carl Newman, and and he releases "You're Not a Friend to Me" and songs like that. You know, it could be Glandy Newman. Glandy Newman, exactly. And That's just the anthropomorphic penis. <laughs> Guys, just Andy Newman. Glancy like Newman. You just don't have to. That's not as fun, Dan. That's kind of fun. <laughs> Glandy Newman is way more fun. <laughs> you put you put cartoon arms and and like Mickey Mouse style gloved hands on a big old on a, penis. On a penis. It doesn't even have to be a big old that penis. That goes, short people guy. Glandy doesn't sound like a real hog. Like Glandy sounds like kind of like a little pecker. Yeah, I didn't say what size it was. Well, you said big old. Well, the hands, the just the, the puffy gloves, <laughs> like the, the, the big, big hands, like Mickey Mouse hands. Dan, you want to let viewers know what time it is? It's 1036. <laughs> <laughs> no, just the longer you guys keep talking about fake Randy Newman alter egos, I'm just, I'm just thinking, do you cut across the wrist Listen, or down the length of the arm? Which one it, is a vertical? I do it's, not for a minute believe you do not know which way to cut your wrist. Yeah, I know. It's, it's vertical. Um... <laughs> Listen, I'm a pills guy. When Glandy way. Newman's on a bagel, you can have Glandy Newman anytime. <laughs> That's it. I'm out. <laughs> it's been fun having Yay! you, buddy. Thanks so much. Shortest episode what was ever. Our, what was our bets on how soon we can get him to leave? <laughs> I had 25. I think I won. <laughs> I think he did. Uh, uh, being Are we sick, doing prices right? How closest without going over? Got to go under without crossing. I don't know. Sick girl uh, uh, looks funny. Looks interesting. <laughs> that baby does not look stoked. That baby does not look stoked. Uh, you know who? Uh, well, I think we just froze him where he's not smiling but uh, we had a big surprise while watching this trailer we did a good friend of mine and friend of the show justin france is in this movie Uh, justin and i were in a band together for a little over a year um justin's always been doing acting and yeah yeah we've talked we talked about some of his acting work the last time he was here i Mm -hmm. think wichita was the movie that had just come out yeah that was i think pre-pandemic wasn't it that might have been we had might have been so glad to see he's doing well and great surprise seeing him he is playing nick nick (laughs) Cool guy, Nick. Well, he is. He, he looks like cool. he's playing somebody's husband. So it definitely looks like it's going to be one of those kind of edgy comedies, uh, not for uh, people that like... Um, honesty? Uh, yeah, honesty. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Yeah. It looks uh, It looks good. I'm going to watch it now, especially that I know Justin's in it. Yeah. Got to support the homies. Uh, I didn't see any of our homies in the other trailer, The Hunger Games, The nope. Ballad of Songbirds No and homies in The Hungy Games. Yeah. Uh, is that? I did see Viola Davis, though. Yeah, I wish she was my homie. Oklahoma's she's she's very cool. Yeah. You going to watch this one? I don't know. I didn't see the to others. To get, get uh, hyped up to see the ones you haven't seen? Well, this is a prequel, huh? Exactly. So you can just watch them in order now. I could just watch this and then part. And then start with the rest of the Hunky Games. But I, um, Dan, you're not a big fan of prequels. Well, I... <laughs> you have a specific I, beef with sequels. I have. It's hard for me to get involved in a, in a prequel uh, because... 
it kills so much of the dramatic tension. Yeah. Like, we know this character survives, so there's no stakes. Mm. Like, if the, if, the whole, if the whole saga had started with the first one, with the with the prequel, mm-hmm. yeah, it would I I would have had a completely different opinion. But I think I think it just it for me it just takes me I, I mean it just ruins the dramatic tension. Uh, plus, also f- judging from this trailer, the thing that I like in the the story of the Hunger Games. Okay, this is taking place like you know decades after nuclear war, and this is you know you know, uh, Panem is what was rebuilt. Mm-hmm. After the nuclear war, yeah. So they caught up with all the technology, but in this prequel, I see that all of the monitors are like 1950s TV screens. Oh. It's like it's still the future. Yeah, <laughs> like they try. They 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 went. I, there's no way that us. As civilization is going like, oh, now we're now we're gonna make all the TVs look like the 1950s again. Dan, it's it's like, just cyclical style. We gotta baby. invent CRT it's again. It's just it's <laughs> CRT <laughs> televisions. Catholic Ray. I was like critical race, theory? not critical race theory televisions. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, yeah, that's a good. point. I was like, I know, I know, people are just throwing a lot of stuff into CRT, but like, wow. <laughs> but they do this with a lot of prequels, where they're just like they have to like throw in so much in there that there's like instead of like immersing the 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 audience in the story, they have to go like, oh, here, see, it's the past. Yeah. Look at this old thing. This is this is how things used to be. Look, it was yeah. his mom. It's his like, mom did it. It's like because we in our brains would associate an old cathode ray tube television with the 50s or 60s. They throw that in to be like, look, olden times. Yeah. Even though, again, like you say, this is the distant future where yeah. even if there is nuclear war that has wiped out tech, the knowledge of, say, flat screens is probably yeah. preserved somewhere. Like they had to completely reverse engineer all technology after that. It's like, no, we know we know how this we're, I mean, it's not as bad as like the Star Wars prequels where it's just like, oh, it's the past, but somehow everything looks more futuristic than yeah. somehow they have laser guns. They have fancier <laughs> laser guns and they will 30 years later. Yeah. Yeah. We have laser guns? Well, they no, we, Oh, they were they fancy. Yeah. yeah, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> But we had a war, and now we're down to just three different types of ships now. Yeah. <laughs> but back in the past, back when the Empire was there, man, all those, oh, so many ships. I will say that uh, I, there was a prequel that I've seen recently that I did enjoy. Which um, one was that? And that was when we were talking about how I watched X and Pearl back-to-back. Okay, yeah. Um, <coughs> now, the thing that was very interesting about that movie is that Mia Goth is the lead in both movies. And in X, she's playing a character named Maxine. Um, and in Pearl, she's playing the titular Pearl. Okay. So I thought that was a very interesting choice to use the same lead actress to play two different characters, one in a prequel of the, the I other. Like I like that idea. And um, Pearl, I thought, was fucking great. Really? Uh, yeah, a lot of stylistic choices in it that I really, really liked. Mm-hmm. Um, I talked about how um, they had a little bit of that uh, sort of RKO era uh, feel uh, yeah. to that to the to Pearl. Um, but there's going to be a now a sequel to that to X coming out called 
Maxine, but it's three X's. Okay. Mm -hmm. Because the original plot to X is that some people um, rent an Airbnb sort of situation, but under the guise of they're just staying, but they're really trying to like gorilla shoot a porno. Okay. Yeah. All right. Uh, another thing about this 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 new Hunger Games. Don't movie. change the subject, Dan. I'm trying I'm to kidding. get us back on track. <laughs> That's, That's not uh, what we do here. Here. I, I was just thinking that this is probably falling into the same problem I had with the Star uh, the Star Wars prequels. Yeah, trying to humanize the villain. Oh, oh! Is little blonde kid the villain? Yeah, that's yeah, Do- that's, that's uh, the Donald Sutherland. Yes, Donald Sutherland. Yeah. Oh, that's a little young Donnie Sutherland. Well, I mean, it's not him. Donnie Sutherland. Yeah. They, they, they de-aged like, Donald just, Sutherland for this. Just let a villain be a villain. Well, why do we have to make it? Here's oh, why. Here's but, why. But I, now we got to understand why he's a villain. No, <laughs> we don't. Okay, I'm in the camp of I like understanding why a villain becomes a villain because I feel like every villain at some point is a sympathetic character that something goes wrong. I, I don't think that's anybody... That's just not how life works. Yes, They're, it is. The, the, some of the worst people I've ever met in my entire life have always been like that. There's no one moment that... that but maybe it's not may, one they, moment, they had but to like... make a choice to be a I don't sociopath. Know, that's pretty uh, pretty risky to to say like you know enough about their upbringing to you know what I mean like here's my thing, it's, and it's not to say that it's forgiving anything or making excuses, but an understanding of how something comes to be is deeply uh, useful. And well, no, like, no, 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 I'm not I'm not disregarding therapy. No, no, no. I'm just saying right. the, the, the idea of every human being able to understand how Ted Bundy became Ted Bundy or how, you know, any of those people became how they were. There's there's a lot that can be done with that information to prevent those sort of things in the future. OK, fair point. Fair point. But I'm talking like just like I will say oftentimes in these stories, we're not necessarily getting enough of that information to truly gain anything from it. We're we're not. No, seeing... I'm not saying that that's the point of the movie. I'm just saying like yeah. that's where the that urge for that sure. story comes from is from that yeah. urge for the deeper understanding of how these things happen to people who at some point in their lives which were is, probably pretty sympathetic. We're just a normal little kid, which is why whatever. the first time we see that kind of story told, it's definitely impactful. But now mm-hmm. that every villain has had the origin story, right? It's. I don't need it all the time. For sure. You know? And I'm not super interested in this one particularly. Yeah. I will say that I'm kind of interested in seeing uh, Jason Schwartzman's take on, like, the younger Stanley Tucci character from the other movies. That's brilliant casting, yeah, that's by the way. that's great that... casting. That's what I thought when we were watching this is I was like, okay, Schwartzman like, as that role is pretty how, fucking great. How do you nail the 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 younger version of a character you you jason schwartzman is perfect for for stanley Tucci. <laughs> and who would but have thought <laughs> but then how do you do that in the same movie as you have a guy who looks nothing yeah like donald sutherland for sure yeah way well, too way too pretty to wind up looking like donald sutherland way too chiseled. <laughs> there's way no too way chiseled. that that hunk of a man winds up as donald sutherland well that's the thing that's, though, a, is... that's a rough life that's that's what the, that's what it should be that's what the, that's what the next movie should be just how this guy lives such a life that he turns into how he donald got so haggard a lot just... of people don't know that in the third act the songbirds and snakes beat the ever-living shit out of him <laughs> and make him unrecognizable <laughs> Yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> Years of corrective surgery and he looks finally like D-Bag Sutherland. 
<laughs> Are you not a fan? No, he's fine. He's <laughs> fine. Invasion, invasion of the Body Snatchers. I was like, damn, great. it's today I learned that Hilton really doesn't like Donald <laughs> That's Sutherland. That's some focused rage right there. As douchebag Sutherland. If any of the Sutherlands are a douchebag, it's probably Kiefer. It's Let's be real. Kiefer. It's probably Kiefer. Don't, don't you love those moments when you find out somebody hates something <laughs> yeah. just so innocuous yes. that you're just going like, Okay, we we got to know what. This. Yeah, there's a story it was, there. It was like that one day in traffic. I saw this is like 20 years ago, but I remember there was a guy uh, in traffic on the back on the back window of his car. He had one of those Calvin peeing on stickers, but it was <laughs> yeah. peeing huh? on the name Melissa Etheridge. <laughs> like what the hell did Melissa Etheridge do Be gay. to piss this? Like what? That's if I were a, if I were a betting man, come to my window. I will not. <laughs> she didn't mean a dude. God damn it! <laughs> oh man, but yeah. I'm always fascinated I'm gonna by that. Come Just, through your window. Wait, that, from that's what outside. You would, like, like there was there was a guy that I was talking All to. All the that, things that, to that, hate. But the, the one guy told me there's a reason why he uh, didn't like the movie Titanic. Yeah, and there are plenty of th- reasons to hate the movie oh, yeah. Titanic. Yeah, Billy but Zane guy, is like seven of this them. This guy was, um, his problem was that the bolts weren't correct in the, like the room. Just in the specific room, it was the Bro. room where Jack was handcuffed, and he said the bolts they wouldn't have done the bolts like that in that part of the ship. And I'm like, like, oh, that's cal- calm what down, your buddy. problem yeah. is. You're gonna have to calm down, buddy. Of bud. all the things in that movie, that's what you're that's what you're nitpicking. That's like okay, so I'm gonna go back to Rain Man real quick. They use Raymond's counting ability to count cards in Vegas and they as get, one does. And, and they get caught. Mm-hmm. And this is when I'm like, oh, do they die at the hands of the mafia in this film? <laughs> Because that would a, be pretty great. Well, and it's a 1980s film, and the 1980s had a thing where they would often just introduce a whole new villain in the third act. Yeah, yeah. So there was always a chance that like Bruno the Destroyer was going to show up and break all of Raymond's fingers. You know? Oh, wouldn't that be great if just like at that moment you realize that that just like um, uh, Robert De Niro walks in and you realize you're in a side story of Casino? <laughs> exactly. It's Goodfellas too. Yeah. <laughs> so. But uh, but the the instead uh, Tom Cruise's character gets brought into a, a room where someone turns t- tells him you guys should probably just leave the state right now, and I was like there is no way that happens like that. Um, but they, all they can do is threat because it's not against the law to uh, count cards, but the casinos really take that uh, we refuse the right. Uh, or we reserve the right to refuse service to anyone to a ridiculous extreme. Yeah, and I'm surprised they didn't like, refuse them the service to continue living out in the desert somewhere. <laughs> That's, With a pre-dug hole. Yeah. like that, that to me was the moment where I was... That was my bolts moment. But did I let it stop me? No. Because if I was going to let anything stop me from being watching Rain Man, it was going to be that Tom Cruise knows where Shelly Miscavige is. That's right. She knows. Where is she, Tom? Mm-hmm. Okay, I don't end up on a watch list, so let's can we move? Oh, on? we're already you're, oh, you're, oh, it's yeah, way too late for that. It's way too late. Guilt by association. Thanks, guys. <laughs> Absolutely. Lord Zenu's coming for you, buddy. <laughs> Why did I always know you guys were gonna be part of my downfall? Uh, it's that goddamn galactic overlord knowledge thetans, man. You know, here's the deal. As I had my thetans checked, and they are really gay. 
They're super gay. Yeah, super gay thetans. <laughs> uh, I saw Peter Dinklage in that Hunger Games trailer. He's also going to be the Toxic Avenger. That's pretty cool. And we've got some new pictures from that movie uh, coming out from Legendary. Is that Picture. Elijah Wood? That does look like indeed like Elijah oh Wood. Oh, my God. Let's double check that cast. Yep, sure, indeed. Amazing Kevin cast. Bacon. Uh-huh. Wow. Yep. Uh, Jane Levy. Do I know her? Is she like like Eugene's kid? Um, Interesting. Anyway. I think so. Maybe not. Mm. But yes, Elijah Wood, um, Kevin Bacon, Taylor Jacob Page. Jacob Tremblay. And Peter Dinklage as the Toxic Avenger. Winston Goose. <laughs> One thing we're not seeing yet is what Toxie's going to look like. Obviously, they are saving that for uh, the movie itself. Yeah. Is this Peter here? Well, that's Kevin no, Bacon. That's, that's bacon. Kevin Bacon. Yeah, you're right. That's Kevin's bacon. There's Dinklage right there. Yeah. Interesting. What is, is he wearing? A, he's got a little studded is, studded uh, bracelet. Is that a, a little punk rock studded underneath a tutu? Yeah. Tuxedo. Tuxedo jacket, jacket and a Zorro mask. Interesting. Hell yeah. This is like an eyes wide shut party. He's it's going to be wild. The yeah. code word is Fidelio. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm excited for this just because I've not really been a Toxic Avenger guy, so I'm kind of excited to get caught up in the zeitgeist of this uh, when it makes its big return. I, uh, as, a, as a kid, I got into all the trauma stuff. Uh, I watched quite a few trauma movies. Yeah. I, I hope there's some... some, uh, And I'm not a big trauma fan, but I hope there are some good connections back to the original trauma There films should be. Or to... um, Oh, what's his name? The guy that runs trauma. The, oh, God. Uh, Harvey. Dude. No. Uh, he looks like a Harvey. It's like Harvey or Stanley or... <laughs> see if trauma guy. Lloyd, Lloyd, Lloyd Kaufman. Kaufman. Way off. Yeah. He's a, he's a wild guy. You ever seen the uh, Angry Video Game Nerd uh, video he did? No. Yeah, he makes an appearance on one of those. That's uh, very gross. He looks like Mel Brooks's cousin. He does, or something. <laughs> he does. Like he looks Mel Brook adjacent. Mel Brookian. Mel Brookian. A lot of people don't know uh, how Mel Brookian he is. <laughs> he really, he really does look a little bit like Mel Brooks. Right. Yeah. Okay. Cool. I'm not the only one that sees it. I don't know. Uh, yeah, I saw like uh, Attack of the Killer Tomatoes, mm. Attack of the Killer Condom. Uh, Kabuki Man. Uh, there was a lot. There was a lot. Attack of the Killer Condom? Yeah. Condoms are supposed to save you, not kill you. The Budger Wiener. Oh, wow. Wow. We got teeth. Condoma Dentata. <laughs> <laughs> new music from the Breeders. Kinda. <laughs> kind of? What do you mean? Uh, new Breeders have unveiled a version of Divine Hammer. With Dinosaur Jr.'s Jay Mascus on vocals. They're calling it Divine Mascus. Oh. And we got a little bit to listen to. Cool. You a Dinosaur Jr. fan? I am not, but I am a Breeders fan. Oh. Hang on, we gotta get the sound back out on the computer here. Ah, that's what happened. We turn it off because we don't wanna bother people. <laughs>
I could get into that. Yeah. Not know. not so much for you. That nah, kind of sounds like pip fart, not a snare drum. God damn it, Hilton. <laughs> Just because it's not going. <laughs> I like rock and roll music. I like rock and roll music. I like rock music played on guitars. <laughs> Maybe some of that rock and roll music. I'm a morning DJ guy. I don't know. I don't know. Hilton, you should be a morning DJ. Um, no. Too early. Too yeah. I mean, well, this is as early as I get. Exactly. <laughs> Oh man, Tim Burton says he is in you quiet should, revolt. What? You should check out more Dinosaur Junior stuff. I've heard that. I've heard that. And Sebado, which is Lou Barlow, who's also in Dinosaur Junior. It's his other band. Okay. Mm-hmm. 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 Okay. What? Tim Burton says he's in quiet revolt over Michael Keaton reprising Batman because that was his it, Batman. That was. <sighs> okay. Michael Keaton can't do Batman without Tim. So, and it's not even just Batman. So so Michael Keaton's Batman was featured in the new Flash movie with Ezra Miller. And not only that, but in the end of the film, spoilers, uh, you see a shot of Nick Nicolas Cage in the Superman costume from the uh, planned movie Superman that Lives yeah. that was also going to be directed by Tim Burton. That Kevin Smith was briefly attached to as a writer. It's true. It's true. And Burton is upset that both of these characters were used without his permission or involvement in any way. And, of course, Warner Brother in the end, owns all of this. Yeah. Warner Brothers can give him a stiff fuck off. Okay. Go ahead, Dan. Well, just... Well, I probably that, agree. That's, a, that's an oddly mighty tone from a guy who hasn't done anything... Uh, original since Beetlejuice. Ooh. Like that that was his last movie that wasn't based on a uh on an already existing property. You're right. That's a really good point. Uh, and, and even if there may have been one or two in there that we are we're not thinking of, it he has very much leaned on existing books, stories, plays even, etc. Yeah. I'll find a filmography link here. Yeah, it's like all like further down, Sleepy further down. Hollow and and all right, here we go. Sure, yeah. Any... Okay, well, okay, I was wrong. Uh, Edward Scissorhands, Mars that was Attacks. the last one. Okay, but yeah, I'm um, you know think about you know Mars Attacks, Sleepy Hollow, Planet of the Apes, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, Sweeney Todd, Alice in Wonderland, Dark Shadows, even you know Corpse Bride was I believe based on a story he came up with when he was a teenager so that you know, there's some stuff in there that's kind Frank of Frank and Weenie was just a long version of his uh, a feature length version of his uh, student film Exactly yeah I what was Big Eyes I don't know Big Eyes that. based on oh, a true story based on a true story yeah. Oh was it really So so yeah I, and I mean not to say that he has to do only do original ideas but also let's not act like I mean, yeah, his version of Batman, his, his take on Gotham, there was some definitely some Burton-esque elements in there. Yeah, but to try and sort of like take ownership of, yeah, because because you did two movies. Also, oh. ha- having seen the Flash, we don't really see Gotham in that movie. We see no. Wayne Manor, and then they go off to fight Zod. You know, I mean, it, it's not. It's really just the the. Bat, I mean, they showed the Batmobile mm-hmm. and, and the Batwing. Batwing, but that was a new version of the Batwing. It wasn't the yeah. Keaton version. And and also, um, well, and, and I'll say I will. I am on on Burton's side because I will say that movie was awful. It was dumb. It was what bloated. Uh, the Flash. Oh, oh yeah. I've heard nothing but bad things. Keaton's Batman is largely wasted in it. I I think I think the Flash was like I, I probably the. 
uh, the furthest distance from how good people were telling me before it came out versus how bad everybody said it was after it was released. Wow. Like, really? there was a lot of hype. Go like, no, 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 this is going to be a great movie. This is going to be a great movie. I think they were. that was really just them trying to cover for everything Ezra Miller. They were trying to keep... For sure. Like, look, I know Ezra Miller is an absolute monster, but but, he, but they crush yeah. it in this movie. Yeah, they don't. Like, not yeah. even a and, little. Yeah. It's, it, it is a... Even before we get into the time travel plot, it is a the 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 now stuff that starts the movie. The baby catching scene is mm. asininely ridiculous. I do remember a little bit of like people kind of like trying to pre like apologize for it, and I definitely like remember feeling like a all right, yeah, right, you know, okay, we'll see. Yeah, you say it's gonna be good, but I, I don't believe you. I did like when that movie was just coming out, and somebody. Uh, took the scene with the baby and uh, reversed one shot so it looked like Flash was just sticking the kid in a microwave. Yeah, oh, he does. Instead of... No, but he oh. he does, but the scene where he's pulling him out yeah. and it's all heroic, <laughs> you play that one shot backwards and he just looks like a damn maniac going like, here, kid. <laughs> ah. With a big smile on his yeah. face. <laughs> yeah, but even that... The fact that he did put it in the microwave just to kind of safely get it to the ground. And I mean, like, you see him take the steps to, like, make sure that they don't cook a baby. But here's a better idea. Don't put the baby in the microwave. That's rule number one. It was so unnecessary. That's microwave 101. It was so unnecessary. First, don't put a baby in it. Two, don't put a fork in it. I can... can, You know what I want to do? I want to watch... uh, it chapters one and two, mm-hmm. and then the Flash, <laughs> because same director. Oh wow, really? Yeah. As like, how do you take such great care in making? I mean, it chapter one and two, damn good. Yeah, I only saw one, but I loved it. Yeah, and then just completely screw the pooch on Flash. I well, and obviously it went through a lot of rewrites and changes as what yeah. was going to come after changed. You know, as we had James Gunn and Peter uh, Safran take over the the what's coming up next with DC, but we we and then of course with Ezra Miller, and then there was changes to the end of the film, and then they brought in all these cameos to kind of just add this sense of anything well, there were also there, there were a lot of plot leaks that they were just go like, well, we can't do that, so we got to rewrite. I, I just I hate that that film culture, online film culture, has gotten to that point. Where is it going? I heard from a friend who's on there that, you know, this is going to happen in this movie. And then the studio is going to go like, well, we, now we got to rewrite the ending. Yeah, yeah you guys like, need to no, fucking it, cut that shit out. If you're out there doing that, stop. Like, just, just stop. And also, if you're in the filmmaking business, stay the course. Yeah. Once, it's, it's like, yeah, you know, fuck them. Like, don't let them change your shit. Yeah. Like, you you could, they could still, like, I. I, I don't know. I perfect, say that, but then we'd still have that fucked up Sonic. Like, no, no. I'll, That's true. <laughs> I will read every article about a movie. I will know, you know, like a big event movie. I will know everything that happens in that movie, but I still want to watch it to see how it plays out. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And and to see the spectacle. I don't care about spoilers because in that moment, my, my, my ADD kicks in and I'm going like, I completely forgot that I read every spoiler review. (laughs) Yeah. Going in. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, and, and also, as a parent, I don't get out to the movies very often, so it's always good to know, like, 
All right. Well, that's that's good to know that in case I never get a chance to see that movie. Mm-hmm. Well, and also there's movies where I get in there and if it's not rocking me, I'm counting minutes wondering when the hell it's this damn thing's going to like docking. Yeah. And if I if I at least have a few spoilers, I can be like, OK, I know that this still has to happen. So I know that I'm probably about this far through the movie, you know, like take Rain Man again, for example. I knew that I needed to see these guys in suits coming down an escalator. Yeah. So until I saw that, I knew that I had plenty of movie to go. But then it cut to 2015 shot of Trump coming down the elevator. To and announce I was like, good God, his no. run for presidency. And I was like, you know what? Bury him in the wrong desert. elevator, wrong guy in suit. <laughs> the suit is so ill fitting. How is the suit so ill-fitting if he has so much money? He can't afford a tailor. I don't understand. Sometimes you luck out with Off the Rack. Yeah, but that man's never lucked out with Off the Rack. I mean, have you seen that shit? That's because that body did not come off the rack. Hey-oh! That man has the worst... Every pair, every suit he has, the pants look so bad. Yeah. Yeah. And everything looks great. Yeah, good point. Also, yeah, if your tie, like, as a fat person, I understand the what comes with a short tie. It definitely does accentuate how much your belly sticks out. But if your tie is so long that it also covers your dick while you're standing up, that's too long. Because guess what? When you sit down, that tie on ground. There are a million pages online to show you where your tie should hang. Well, sure. as, a, as a big guy, the, the problem I have with ties is that I, you know, my belly is sticking out far enough that I don't, I don't want to wear ties anymore because the end of it is always hanging just loose over the, the, the belly. Yeah. And I've just, I think that every fat man's shirt, like button up shirt should have metal buttons and then there should be magnets inside the tie that just stick the tie. Ah, to the that's brilliant to kind of hold so, it so in place. Well, just at the at the end where where just yeah. like it's not just awkwardly hanging out, right? Yeah, it can, just dangling it can straight kinda, down. That it stays. It can tuck to your to belly the, a little yeah. bit. Yeah, I like that. Mm-hmm. Why don't well, you tuck it into your cummerbund. And another thing with ties is you get a windy day and that yeah, thing is flapping joking. around. <laughs> You know, the beauty of a tie is when it looks straight, it accentuates, it accents the suit. Yeah. Right. But if it's blowing, if it's askew, if the back piece is kind of sticking out because of the wind, and the magnet would, would also handle all that, kind of like a tie clip built yeah. in. Mm-hmm. That's a good idea. One of my first ever gifts from Becky was a tie clip. I love a good tie clip. Mm-hmm. Tie Still clips are it. fun. They can add a little color to your outfit. They hold your tie in place. Mm-hmm. Uh, they show that you know where a tie clip goes. Mm-hmm. That's Which a, button? Between the third uh, and fourth? Or second and third, I second thought. Second and third. That's yeah, what I thought, I think, too. I think yeah. second and third. But I, I also Google it to double check. Right. You know? Can you guys tie one without a tie Although, tie? Now that, I, now that I think about it, the magnet idea, how yes. weird would it be to just see a guy like walking in a suit like in heavy wind and the and tie, is not, tie moving. is not moving. <laughs> it would that be would be pretty wild. Yeah, yeah, that'd be pretty wild. That, that, that would go like that. That that guy's CGI, and they just they they <laughs> they glitched the tie. Yeah. Or he's wearing a T-shirt that like, the tie is part of a shirt that's drawn on. It's not real. Once the AI people, <laughs> it's like a tuxedo T-shirt. When when AI people start happening, that's you're gonna right. start to see stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, like that guy's Max Headroom. Yeah, exactly. A little. Uh, <laughs> Although, well, who's the Max Headroom guy? What's his real name? Matt Frewer. Matt Frewer. Matt it's, Frewer. it's Matt Frewer mm-hmm. come to life. He, um, uh, 
was my favorite character in the 94 miniseries of The Stand. Oh. Okay, yeah, he like played Trash that, Can Man. That, that, that was my, my favorite book of that all time. That sounds like a cool punk rock song. And Trash Can Man? Yeah. 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 Oh, I'm sure it, yeah, it <laughs> there, there's already a song. Yeah. But yeah, just like, uh, they they absolutely, he did an amazing job. Matt Frewer's good. There's a couple. There's an ode to Trash Can Man. Oh, that's... oh I think it's just a video. Never okay. <laughs> Kasky, Trash Man. But then, I say that because uh, Ezra Miller played Trash Can Man in the 2020 version of The Stand. Oh, really? And and he's a real-life oh Trash God, Can that, Man. That, 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 it was horrible. Was it? It was absolutely horrible. Man. Like, they, they, they completely screwed it up. Screwed uh, the pooch, if you will. Yeah. Oh, it's they like they, say okay, that. okay. We the, should, the original we miniseries. Yeah, no one should screw the. Pooch. Nobody should they, be screwing pooches. The original miniseries was like six hours long in total. Yeah, that's too long. The new version was nine hours long. Oh my and God. somehow told less of the story. Ah, oh, that sucks. More bullshit interpersonal. <laughs> yeah, it seems like it, it just, almost just, takes more work. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, they would but have had just, to write more oh, pointless God. dialogue. Yeah, like we're gonna rewrite more dumb shit that wasn't in the story. And then they took a book that took place, you know, in chronological order, and but then they in the new miniseries they did flash forwards and flashbacks. They made it like an episode of Lost, but it's like again Ugh. ruins the dramatic tension. Yeah, when you show somebody in a perilous situation, but you've already then shown you show them, them as in a an flash adult. forward. Yeah. And they survived. It's like, yeah, that is very silly. That's a shame too, because the problem is, is you're going to have to wait a while to see a remake. It's not like Spider Man, where you know they're going to reboot it in three years. Now, I'll give you a situation where that's done purposefully, and I'm actually super into it. And that's the show Yellow Jackets. I've heard that's good. It's actually fucking fantastic. And they right out of the gate, they're showing you like it's basically the aftermath of a plane crash, and. Um, they are showing you the kids at the, um, you know, in surviving out there in the woods, but then it's also showing you in the future. So you know some of who survives, but the story and how they're telling it is so engaging that it really, really works. Well, and so it's an example of how it can be done right, but so often you're right, it's done so fucking poorly. Well, the difference too is that in Yellow Jackets, and correct me when I'm wrong here, uh, not if, but when. Uh, is is that the flashbacks are meant to add color to the decisions and the concerns and the weight upon the present day characters? Yes, somewhat. Yes, yes. But um, but the flat. It's it's. I wouldn't even call it a flashback because the. Th- that part of the story, it's almost equal parts. That yeah. they're they're that part of the story and them as adults. Yeah. hold almost so, so equal weight. Are they in covering the, story. the past? In service of the present storyline, or are they flashing forward to give context to? It's the, hard to explain. Path. It's one where you just kind of have okay. to watch how they're doing. See, because that's my problem is when they when they go into the, they're trying to do the past to service the. Right, you know what I mean. It's, yeah, no, no, no. Like, it's but definitely I mean, to, try, to explain what happened to the present when really that that context is not needed. No, it's all honestly the way they're doing it is it's kind of like the take an episode of Lost for example. Like I don't an, know Lost. Yeah, an episode of Lost would in the present 
the character would see would, would and this is this is a fictional version of a lost episode. The character might have an item, like say a locket. And the, the character is very protective of the locket, and we don't know why. And the past storyline would add context to that. Like maybe the locket is where he hid the secrets there after some he of that. killed somebody. There's so it some revealed of that. stuff that is important to the but present storyline. They also pulled their punches with how much of the answer they gave the audience. Yeah. Like they would, anytime they would give an answer to the big question, they would ask an even bigger question. Yes. There's a little bit yeah. of that too. Yeah. yeah. When, when, I, that I love on. that format. It, it, it's very engaging. But the stand was written, as like you said, as a chronological, it, chronological narrative. It was basically, it so played, it's, it's be, sort of like a post-apocalyptic Lord of the Rings. Yeah. Kind of like, you know, great exactly journey. Exactly, a journey across the country. Good but there's no, to Mordor. there's no past impacting the present in the story. It's no. the past is part of the journey. Yeah. So it doesn't have that. It, it can't be told like that. Yeah. Without, and they like the book had like the greatest opening chapter. Oh yeah. I mean, just very, just taut and tense and it was great. Oh yeah. And they put that at the end of the first episode. Wow. They jumped so far back and forth. And, the, and I get why they had to make certain choices. Like, they're telling a move, telling a story about a plague that wipes out ninety nine point four percent of the population during a real life pandemic. So it's like they they had to put as much of the plague off screen as possible oh, because okay. it was just getting hitting way too close to home. Mm. So they were really telling the supernatural part of the story. With they the tried to focus backdrop. on that, but then they 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 botched it. They botched it. It was just like, and they had a great cast with one exception. Uh, well, two exceptions: Ezra Miller and uh, Amber Heard. Oh, okay. Just real stand-up people. It, it was that was the issue with the casting. But they had, but the rest of the cast, absolutely perfect. But they gave them absolutely shit to work with. That's a shame. That's a shame. I got some cool stuff to work with coming up as we get into picks and plugs. Hmm? Yeah. Yeah. Got a, a big show that I'm super excited about. Uh, Going to be uh, spending some time at Lowdown in downtown Tulsa coming up on uh, next week, Friday, September 29th, opening for Josh Fadum as part of the Blue Whale Comedy Festival's semi monthly showcase. Mm -hmm. uh, also going to be sharing the stage with Lacey Rains and Carl Jones at that show as nice. well. So I hope you guys come out for that. And I love that venue. That is an absolute great venue. It really is. And I got a chance to see you there uh, with Ron on Hirschberg. And um, who else was on that show? Uh, Another friend of ours. Uh, Rick? Rick Shaw? Rick Shaw. And then Rachel Keeley on Rachel that show Keeley, as well. Yeah. That was a lot of fun. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, I, I, uh, I uh, not to steal your plug, but uh, we get to hang out together here in just a couple weeks. Uh, Dan Fritchie, Rachel Keeley, and Brent Dio will be joining us for the Starlight Comedy Night on October That's 20th. Right. Yeah. Super Did excited about that. Voice the sound cue you just pressed. You're goddamn right, I did. You sure did. Bow, 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 bow. Now that's a hat on a hat. Yeah, it is. Uh, okay. <laughs> and then for my pick this week, I'm going to talk about. Oh no, I don't got one. <laughs> Are you really? You really right, don't? I don't? I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I've been so damn busy this week. What have you been with, listening to with work stuff? Um, honestly, nothing special. I, I got nothing. Wow. I got nothing. Yeah, no picks. No picks. Go listen to the podcast. I don't fucking know. Okay. Yeah. All right. Dan, what do you got going on? A whole lot of nothing. I'm uh I've got a whole I've lot got, of nothing going I've got, on. I've got uh I got 
lot, lots of things I'm working on that mm, we're still trying to figure out. Okay. Not, not enough to really articulate. So we will see yet. at the 20th uh, at the Starlight. Yeah. And then... Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, pe- Starlight. Uh, I'm also doing um, the Riff Show at Heirloom Ales. I'm trying to remember the date on that. I think it's the first... Saturday of October. Probably October 7th. I'll see if yeah, I can pull October that date 7th. up. October 7th. Great. Uh, and yeah, that's Brett Jeffrey's show. That is always a good time. Yeah. Uh, uh, taking a look at that lineup, too. Uh, I'm seeing you. See Brittany Belden, David Bates, Jaden Puckett, Rick Shaw, Shauna Blake, Zach Ophis. That is going to be a good time. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, any picks? Anything you've been watching, listening to, reading? You can do two this week if you want, since I didn't have anything. I don't know. I've, I've just been kind of falling down some internet rabbit holes uh, just I'm, I'm on YouTube rabbit rabbit holes. Nice, um, but uh, I don't know. I've 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 been rewatching uh, all the classic episodes of Mystery Science Theater 3000. Good oh, choice. And so many of those episodes I have not seen in years, and I am surprised how well they hold up. I mm-hmm. bet. Uh, so just I I. I cannot recommend that show enough. Uh, a lot of the... Um, That's just what I've been into. There's a lot of the uh, Riff Tracks stuff on Amazon Prime, mm-hmm. which some of those are really good, too. They're not all good, but some of those are they're pretty fucking good, too. Yeah. Nice. Um, it's basically Mystery Science Theater, but without the imagery on the bottom and no cut scenes. Yeah. Yeah. It's just them riffing on a movie. What I think is so neat is how I got older and I appreciated those cut scenes differently. Yeah. How like when I was a kid, uh, I did was not into those at all. But then as oh, I they got annoyed older, the shit out of me. Yeah. But then I was as like, an just old, give me the movie. But, but there's there were some there were some gems in that. Like there was uh the, there was one where the the Joel and the bots were t- talking about the nature of evil. Yeah. And uh, Joel was making the point. This like no evil is so much more scary when it's subtle and crow was like no i was like okay what do you think about hitler well i hate him obviously well what do you think about the band sticks well they had a couple of songs oh my god you're right (laughs) (laughs) and just things like that that just there's so many great jokes in there like even in the movie the the mystery science theater movie Mm -hmm. is like one of my favorite my favorite quotes of all time is going well, believe me, I calculated the odds of this succeeding versus the odds I was doing something incredibly stupid, and I went ahead anyway. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. One of my favorite quotes uh, that I used, and I still use this, um, is the, uh, it, and it's when they're actually uh, riffing on the movie, but there's the scene where they're in the spaceship, and uh, and what the guy's name is like Hal or Cal. Oh yeah. The, the movie, and he's yeah. like, Hal, honey, where wake up, honey, where grandma's put your shoes on. <laughs> <laughs> it made me laugh so oh, hard. It was, it was and one now of, every once in a while when like, we'll pull up, like we'll pull up at home and I'll go, Becky, honey, wake up, put your shoes on. We're at grandma's. <laughs> you know, that, that, that show, because anytime I drive around, I see a business that ends in the word world. <laughs> I do the joke. It's like you know, like like when when I'm driving down Sheridan, I always go mattress world for all your mattress needs. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but one one of my favorite mystery science theater lines was um, uh, uh, character on screen said only the good die young, and then Tom Servo goes uh, uh, 
the rest of us are morally ambiguous, which explains our random dying patterns. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's pretty great. That's good. Yeah. That's oh, good. damn. Nice. That's a good pick. Then what do you got? Uh, come see me if you're not seeing Hilton uh, Friday, September 29th. I will be at the the Tulsa famous Spotlight Theater. Yeah, and you're 12th uh, in Riverside, beautiful uh, midtown Tulsa. That's right. You can get tickets at TulsaSpotlightTheater.com. They are $7 in advance, $10 at the door. The doors are at 7 shows at 8 uh, Evan Hughes will be hosting that, and there are a couple other comics on there as well. Uh, but come see me Friday, this Friday, September 29th at the Spotlight Theater. And then um, after that, just keep listening to my shows and doing all that, and hit me up at Zampino Productions if you need any work done. And uh, as far as picks, yeah, what do you got? Uh, we are watching the new season of uh, Nailed It, which is um, uh, the um, is that the Andy is that Andy's show from The Office? No, this is Nicole Byer's show on Netflix about bad bakers trying to make very interest intricate cakes. Oh, um, but this one instead of being um, different people every episode just trying to make a cake on the fly. This is taking a, a, a group of people and um, actually teaching them different aspects of baking through each episode. And they're, you know, sort of seeing who gets better. And it's like more of a competition. Um, but that show is really fun. It's pretty hilarious. I want to see a version of that show, but for stand-up comics. <laughs> Wasn't that Last Comic Standing? No, no. Yeah. I'm, I'm saying take, like, horrible comics ah. and coach them. Ah, that could you be know, fun. And yeah, I yeah, I could go for that. Yeah. Um, and then I have an album pick. Uh, mentioned this band on the show a few times before, but uh, every few years I just jump back in. Uh, minus the Bear. Um, yeah. If you need a band that's incredibly unique, um, definitely has their own style. Um, not quite as heavy as some of the other stuff that I suggest from time to time. So if you're weary on that, uh, just know that it's definitely a lot more palatable. Mm -hmm, sure. <laughs> um, but there's an album in particular uh, called Omni uh, that that I've been uh, revisiting and playing over and over again uh, in between listening to At the Drive-In and the Mars Volta mm -hmm. ever since we watched the trailer for that documentary, uh, which I really hope gets distribution after the festival release so that we can all see it. Yeah, for sure. Oh, Also, there was, there was one band that I uh, discovered... A couple of weeks ago. Okay. Yeah. Uh, that I've been starting to listen to some of their stuff, and it's really good. It's a band called uh, Black Math. Oh, wow. Um, and the way that I discovered them, there was a m movie trailer that had, uh, you know, sometimes when the in, in movie trailers, they'll play like a minor key cover. Yeah. Slowed down of a, like a classic song. Well, they did this, the song that they played, the cover was... Uh, Depeche Mode, Strange Love. Okay, and I was go like, I gotta, f I gotta hear the rest of that yeah, version of, that cover. of it. And it's, it turns out it came out like, like four years ago. And so I listened to it, and I was go like, that because that's one of my favorite songs of all time. Uh, and it's like whenever I hear a cover of it, I'm just, I'm very skeptical. Of yeah, like, yeah, but yeah. This one, I was go like. All right, I'm that way with right, any, proceed. Uh, I'm that way with any Cure covers. Yeah. I seldom like them. But I started listening to their other stuff, and I'm I'm really digging their digging their vibe. I like when you find a band that way. Uh, that actually just happened to me um, 
well, not super recently, but uh, one of the last times we saw Coheed and Cambria uh, in between the band before them, and while they were doing the setup, you know, they play some music over the PA, and it's usually just a bunch of random songs the band picked. Um, but there was one in particular that I was like really grooving on, and I was like, I gotta fucking figure out who the song is. Uh, and the song is from 1980, and the band is called Breakwater, and the song is called Release the Beast. And okay. it is, uh, I'll actually, if I can do it quickly enough, I'll hook up to the board and give you a little sample. Um, it is, here we go. So yeah, I very quickly was like, what is this? And it just has that, I love old funk. Like, yeah. I love Parliament and all that shit. Well, this is the Daft Punk sample. Is it? Yeah. I didn't know you were... I thought you said it, like, reminded you of it. No, that's literally... All right, well, now you know where it came from. That's wild. Unless it's the other way around. Unless Daft Punk said <laughs> it. this a new song? No, this is from 1980. Oh, the big sample. Yeah. This. Yes, okay, cool. Absolutely. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Cool. Yeah. I dig it. Yeah. Then I ended up listening to the whole rest of that it's, album, it that Breakwater like they, they, album. They, 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 I could see a like a training montage to that song. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's uh, cool. Yeah, that's a good one too. So go go listen to that, or just go listen to some old funk. Yeah. Every almost every club I work in, I, I recommend like when when they go to play music while mm-hmm. the audience is leaving, I I tell them to pull up uh, DJ Cumberbun, uh, the DJ who mashes together two songs that shouldn't really ah, be back like Girl together. Talk. Nice. But but it's just like you'll like like one of one of his most famous remixes was. Um, the music of uh, Back in Black, mm-hmm. but the lyrics are staying alive. Ah, oh, cool. So it's just like, I recommend that at any yeah, comedy yeah. club when people are leaving because they'll go like, all right, this song, all right. And then different lyrics kick yeah, in. Yeah. And like, wait, what? Yeah, that's a, so Girl Talk does a lot of that, but it'll be like, like a lot of like uh, classic rock or, or old rock uh, music, but then hip hop over it yeah like yeah. and it's fucking great like uh ludicrous over war pigs is fucking phenomenal <laughs> yeah there's a version of pretty lights mixed with tupac that i've been listening to love that's that real shit. good nice yeah. we got a lot of music picks this week i love that i haven't had a pick i love that we need more music picks and uh go see our boy justin france in that new movie and sick girl and sick girl and really wherever else you can see him just, uh yeah go, go uh him. go buy wichita on vod or something yeah and support yeah. the homies. Dan, thanks for coming out. Thank you for having me. Yeah, And uh, don't forget to see him at Starlight on October 20th. That is correct. And keep an eye on his social media for when more stuff is coming down the pike. That's yeah. right. And as for you. And you. And me. And me. And us. Yay. See you next week. Take it from me. I love you. <laughs>